0: This episode of The Homilist is brought to you by Ozark Christian College. Ozark Christian College in Joplin, Missouri has had the same mission for over 75 years to train men and women for Christian service. Ozark's Bible Foundation, Christian community, global outreach, and affordable costs prepare students to serve in whatever kingdom assignment God has for them. With residential and online degrees, Ozark sends out workers into the harvest field with 15,000 alumni serving in all 50 states and in 100 countries around the world. Ozark is also glad to offer next-level resources, free videos, and webinars for you and your church led by Ozark professors like Michael DeFazio, Shane J. Wood, and Mark Scott. Next Level covers topics like how to read your Bible, the parables of Jesus, exploring the Enneagram, and more. For more information about Ozark Christian College, visit OCC edu Welcome back to another episode of the Homeless podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We have an incredible show today. I know you saw the name. I hope you're as excited as I am but I do want to say a couple of things. Uh, first that Mark Christian episode that must have really that must have really struck uh, struck struck some people right in the heart. Um, I got a lot of feedback on that episode. People were really amped up. So, Mark Christian, if you happen to listen to the Homeless Podcast, congratulations, buddy. Your episode has uh, has uh, shot right past uh, 450 downloads in like a week. It's incredible. It's incredible. So, that's excellent. Thank you so much for your time and for your insights. Second, as we are closing out this year and starting up uh, a new year and we start a new season... The first of the year, we're going to jump right into talking about masculinity in the pulpit, closing the gender gap between men and women in church attendance. We also want to talk about how do we preach with a more masculine tone, and is that necessary? I got a whole lot of thoughts on this. I got a whole lot of questions about it. Love to hear some of yours as well. And uh, we're going to be asking some of these questions to some guys who are going to be on here who are some absolute studs and in some really wild industries. So, looking forward to talking to them. Without further ado, here is my conversation with the creative genius and the best-selling author, Rob Bell.
1: Wheels. I love it.
0: you remember this?
1: Oh, and I remember I had all these pictures of pimped-out cars with like a... Chrome spinners and twenty-two inch rims, and so I did the whole first part of the sermon like Ezekiel was describing, like a car show, you know, what I mean? and pretended like obviously this is what he was talking about. It was right, just so much fun.
0: But listen, here's the deal: all I had was the audio.
1: Yeah, and right.
0: So, so I'm going down the road wheels. Wheels. We're talking about're talking about wheels, wheels. And then in comes yeah. uh, And it comes in, and I'm, I'm jogging down the road, I'm, I'm doing some running, and I hear that, and I stop. I remember right where I went. Right, I stop and I start busting up laughing, and I think to myself, this is what preaching is supposed to do to people. Like it's supposed to do this, to where you it's so misdirected, and then you're like, "Ah. Now, bring me back to, and then off you went. And it was so, so great. I mean, it was just so incredible. I just laughed. I laughed my head off. Uh, uh,
1: uh, yeah, it's interesting you say that because when you think about rhetoric or communication that actually connects, it's almost never straight down the middle. Like you think about, even if you go through major moments in the Bible, The person is often in what we would call now an altered state. So Peter in the book of Acts chapter 10, he falls into a trance. And as I'm sure you know, like that word there in Greek is ekstasis, which is the word ecstasy. You think about the transfiguration and Jesus shines brightly. The question is, did Jesus change or did they? And the first thing Peter says is, should we build a tabernacle? And then the one gospel writer says he didn't know what he was saying. Right. You think about Ezekiel, who's like, dude, I saw wheels spinning. Um... Think about how much gets communicated in dreams. Like, if you were just brand new to this book and you just read it through and you were like, when do most of the great revelations of truth come? You would have to conclude it's when people are hearing something in some state that is not their normal state of, Mm. what did you have for lunch? I had a sandwich. What year Buick (laughs) is that? Right. You know what I mean? Right. And yet, for many people in the modern world, especially like, in religious traditions the straight down the middle just proposition, statement, sentence, repeat it, make sure they all start with the same letter yeah. oh. it was like held up as somehow well, I'll tell you that person, they're, they're preaching the truth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> you know what I mean? No, L- that's like, the gospel.
1: In some strange way, this incredibly narrow uh, stream of rhetoric that's only useful for a few things, somehow became held up when poetry, rant, riddle, satire... You think about Isaiah saying to the king, man, your palace is a hut in a field of melons. I mean, that's like Chappelle-level performance art. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. A hut in a field of melons is like, that, your White House is a outhouse, you know... You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely.
0: It, cool, hot in the cotton patch, weirdo. Right. You know so way out there. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So
1: that's what I. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was brilliant. It was brilliant,
0: and it was so. It was so misdirecting for me as yeah. I'm running, and I'm like, "Oh, this is so." And I'm like, and I'm like "This is perfect." And it was. It was in that moment right there. I was like, "You know what I hope?" Here's what I hope. I hope someday I get to have a conversation with Rob Bell because I love to be a collector of the most interesting people in the world. Like, I absolutely. That's a good job. And uh, so that was, like, that was my moment. I'll tell you another one I had. Will Williman. You know who Will Williman is? Uh, Um, Used to be the the chaplain or is the chaplain at uh, uh, Duke University. Okay. Okay. Uh, great storyteller. If you want to hear some really great storytelling. And he's an old, old voice. He's an old voice. And so when you hear him, he, he kind of has this Winnie the Pooh type of sound uh, voice yeah, and a southern quite- Southern yeah. accent. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I was talking to a boy the other day down at the. But you know, he's at a very liberal school, but he's got this southern dr- and it's just so absolutely endearing to listen to. Yeah, it's mean, absolutely exactly. endearing. Your so,
1: imitation was endearing. I'm telling you, he's so
0: good. So I had this. I was like, man, what if I got Will Williman on this podcast? Like that would be the coolest thing. So I sent him an email and he wrote me back. And in the email, what he said was, well, absolutely, Jared, I'd love to be on the podcast. And he didn't say that, but in my head, he said it. And we're like, this is the coolest thing. So then it became this thing. Like, I wonder, I wonder if there's so many other dudes that I want to hear what they have to say. So thanks for being on the Homeless podcast. I appreciate it.
1: My pleasure. All right. So
0: what, uh, So what makes you say yes to something like this?
1: I love talking about the art of the sermon and the art of communicating. Yeah. That's just oh, I just love it. So instantly in your email I you demonstrated a love of this, of the of the craft, of the trade. Uh so I'm in. Yeah. Man, yeah. it's
0: cool. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate it. Hey, uh, I don't know if you I don't know if you noticed one of the pictures I sent you in the email of the cassette tape inside of uh the picture frame.
1: Yeah, yeah. What was it of? It was
0: it was just a picture frame and then it had a cassette tape glued to the inside of it. Uh-huh. And it came it came from uh one of the podcast episodes, Stop Listening to the Old Tapes.
1: Oh right, 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 right. Um the tapes. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And you were talking about how perfect is it that it's a tape, that that's such an old way of listening to stuff.
1: <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> so
0: I'm having a manic breakdown at one point, and I'm like, Jared, listen, uh-huh. stop listening to this stuff that's going on in your head all the time.
1: Uh-huh. And I went
0: back and I was like, you know what? I don't think this is original to me, but I'm making a picture frame. And, I'm put, and so I hung it in my office, and so it hangs up in my office, this picture. It's <laughs> five by seven with the cassette tape glued. And listen, when people walk in and they like to look around the office, I like, mean, this is a really great office—not this one, my one at home. Like, this is a really great office. Like, is that, is that cassette tape glued to a five by seven frame? Like, what, what? What is that? And it's so good because then the conversation starts up. Do you ever just hear stuff that on the inside that just kind of seem to just doom you to failure? Do you ever feel that or hear that? Yeah, all the time. Hmm.
1: Oh, like hmm. voices in my own head. <laughs> Right, right. Is that what you mean? I mean, like
0: the voices in my own head that are saying, "You know what, Jared? You screw stuff up all the time." Listen, if you make it out of this alive, it's going to be absolutely amazing. Look, you fail so often. Why would you even? Th- yeah, why yeah. would you even try this? You know.
1: I mean, in many ways, this is. I mean, in many ways, it's this is the great challenge of life. Is that the only thing rattling around in your head would be truth? Mm. I mean, in some ways, that's what. I mean, that's the, that's the path is, yeah. is learning to only have the voices in your head that actually help you create the kind of world we actually all want to live in. Yeah. So but, naming, but, these language patterns and these naming patterns that we develop can be incredibly destructive. I've been doing these events recently where uh, people come up front and sit knee to knee with me mm. and then. They start talking about how they're stuck in life and then uh, I'll just stop them at different times and go, uh, did you notice what your shoulders did when you used that one word? So good. And identifying language, uh, a lot of times we're using language that is making us miserable and you can just swap out that language. You don't have to refer to your phone as a weapon. A guy last week he referred to his phone as a weapon, and I like stopped him. And I was like, "Anybody here in the audience? I was like, anybody here notice anything in that last sentence? Any words in there do anything?" And everybody's like, "Yeah, weapon." <laughs> I was like, "A phone is just technology. It could be weaponized." But do you see how the question that you brought to me, a lot of the anxiety in the question is from the language that you are using. You could call it something else, um, and like just realizing that you have this power and control. You could name it this, I'm always a failure, I always fail, I always screw things up, Mm -hmm. or how about I'm a student, and I'm learning, and (laughs) I prefer to have skin in the game. Right, absolutely.
0: uh,
1: And uh, uh, I always screw things up. How about I learn by doing? (laughs) That's good. And you'd love this. Sometimes I'll ask people to put their hand on their heart, and I'll say, now, try that first sentence. I always screw things up. Tell me how your body feels when you say that. Sink down. Sink from your intellect into your heart. Tell me how your body feels. Uh, Tense. Okay, now, say, I learn by doing. And, And even if you can imprint, you know what I mean? Like, imprint on how it feels on your body. One of the ways you change the tapes is when you have that old I always screw things up wait I get to choose here you know what I mean I get to choose here so there's like this moment when you imprint a different feeling and sometimes the the way you change the tapes is you connect them with like a full-bodied feel and then you just go do you want to feel like crap or do you want to feel great right and do whatever you want but I'm just saying you have this power
0: right Woo. Nah, i'm uh <clears throat> i'm riding my i'm riding my exercise bike uh i get this little assault bike upstairs at my office and so i'm riding this thing bike. assault bike you know the one with the big wheel and the fan it makes a lot of noise pushes <laughs> a lot of air hit the arm deals i mean just yeah, yeah. full-on aggression yeah, yeah. so yeah the ones I'm crank- the
1: side of the road they were <laughs> for free. That's exactly right that's exactly Christmas right thing, though, it's, okay. a
0: cra- it's a craigslist thing i think it, yes. it's what it you can find them all there and so i'm riding this thing and I'm listening to a podcast by somebody, and he's talking about um, writing books. And so I've been working on working on a project. I think maybe it's a book. Maybe I'm working. And I hear this. I hear this. The guy say, "Well, I was 40 years old when I started. When I started first uh, writing books, and within two years, I had I had sold. Uh, I had written 10 books, all eBooks, and I had made this amount of money. And instantly." Instantly, like I start having a panic attack because I'm thinking, I'm 35. Hmm. I've only got five years before I can get to this place of, and I'm I'm like, son of a gun, like I'm running behind. And so (laughs) instantly, I get off the bike and I'm standing there.
1: Are the books any good?
0: I I don't know. It doesn't, I don't know if they are or not. I don't have any idea. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, okay. Not even
0: a guy I know, not even a guy I know, I'm like, Okay, that's, that's cool. And so I start patting my chest, and I'm like, hey, 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 buddy, 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 listen, buddy, you're right where you're supposed to be. Listen, yeah. don't panic. And I was like... Right then, I hear the garage door open, and my wife and my kids come home, and so they all come bounding into the house and run upstairs, and <laughs> they're like, so, Dad, what'd you do today? Well, I just had a panic attack a minute ago. I recovered good. Like, I'm doing well. My wife's thinking, I'm like, okay, well, it sounds like a typical day. High five. <laughs> you know, she went, It was great. It was absolutely great. But it was one of those moments of like, whoa, 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 whoa. It was just so cool. It was one of those moments that I thought, yeah, this is one of those stop listening to the old tapes thing. Stop Listening to this like this is so great. You're not behind. You're smart. You're a sharp dude. Start start listening to this. Start listening to yeah. this. It was cool. So I appreciate that so much. It's been it's been a helpful tool, helpful tool for me. So that was it was great. It was great. Hey, uh, so tell me. Uh, so tell me this. Uh, you're friends with Pete Holmes. Yes. what's 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 with the what's with the pause you're not sure you're not sure if you are
1: no there's no pause okay all right
0: um a hilarious comedian great podcast um his his most recent episode is with gary goleman and they spend a little bit of time uh his new his new deal called the great Depression. oh is that a comedian gary goleman yeah Oh okay okay um The Great Depression, and so he talks about his own battle with depression, Mm -hmm. his own struggle through all of it. It's super, super uh, vulnerable. I mean, really great, really great, you know, all the clips that are coming out. It's really, really cool. When it comes to people who inspire you, Mm -hmm. who are the people that inspire you? Comedians land in that category?
1: Uh, There's a comedian named Kate Berlant. She's, uh, she. I I can't even describe what she's doing, probably more in like in the avant-garde world of comedy. She's doing almost like a character and she doesn't break character and it requires the audience at first, if they don't haven't heard her, are like, what what is going what is she doing? And then it's like gradually the audience catches up to what's happening. Mm-hmm. So the the absolute steely resolve to hold it. Mm while the crowd figures out how unbelievably, insanely brilliant this is. wow! Uh, that So I, I saw her do a set a couple of years ago at Largo, this club in the neighborhood that I do shows at. And I, I was just, uh, to this day, that performance, I still... And you'd find this interesting. I interviewed her at an event I did at the Improv, and she wouldn't do any of the stand-up for the people that I was interviewing her in front of. Um... She like wouldn't do it. You see what I'm saying? Like yeah. kept. It's like she kept um, something mysterious about it. Yeah. Like she wouldn't crack open or like go behind the veil. Yeah. She just kept it. So so uh, there are uh, there's a a writer named Leonard Corrin who does these really short books. He has one called What Artists Do, um, and he's put out a bunch of them. He put one on Wabi Sabi. Uh, I find that what he's doing really really interesting there's a band called 1975 they're british and if you listen to the progression of their albums it's like what they're doing with live instruments and technology what he's doing with lyrics and sounds even yeah there's all kinds of i'm endlessly um uh there's a number of architects there's a, a famous architect a legendary architect named christopher alexander who essentially Writes about order and mm. design as a larger universal issue that architecture is just an aspect of, and uh, he's just sort of um, yeah, yeah, so uh, all over the place. There's no rhyme or reason.
0: Yeah. Do you when it comes to when it comes to the architecture part, do you do you find yourself snapping pictures of things? Like you see something and you just go snapping oh, yeah, pictures. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm doing my, my the, I'm doing a tour right now. It started in January and I'll wrap it up in December. And I think it's uh, 80 photos I've taken on my iPhone mm. is part of the show. So I'm always. Sometimes I have a like a, a, a uh, like an old school Leica with me, um, but I always with my phone. I'm always taking photos of stuff because it's all around us. Architecture in some ways came about. Because when I first started giving sermons, I would notice like somebody would come up afterwards and say something like, oh, thank you for that sermon. I finally have made peace with my father's death. And I'd be like, oh, that's so great. Wait, that was a sermon on (laughs) generosity. What the? That had nothing to do. Right. So so I, I, I began to notice that people would have an experience that had nothing on the surface level to do with the actual thing I was talking about. Mm -hmm. So I began to notice there was something about the sermon as an art form that was creating space and that people were coming into the space. In the ancient tradition, they talk about a liturgy as like a cathedral of words. Mm. And so you come into this cathedral of words, and you and I may see very different things. Sure. So, and then I noticed... The harder I worked on a sermon, the more I gave myself to actually saying things, the more this happened.
0: How do you mean saying things? What do you mean saying uh,
1: things? I'm going to show you in first in Ezekiel chapter 1 with his vision. Ezekiel was actually a priest. So he's a, he's a company man. He follows the rule book. Mm-hmm. He follows the manual. There's a way things are done. This is how you relate to the divine. Torah, Leviticus, the regulations. But Ezekiel is having his experience in exile. So the temple has burned to the ground. The entire old order through which you access the divine is gone. So he's by the river in Babylon, and this man who has a structure for how the thing works, that has been blasted to shreds. It's there that he has this hallucinogenic vision of wheels. So if you spend a moment on the psychology of Ezekiel, essentially what's happening is, hey, the divine can get your attention in all sorts of ways.
0: Wherever you are.
1: So think about every person everywhere who came from a tribe that had it all laid out. And then... uh, their wife commits suicide, their brother gets cancer, the business yeah. collapses, the economy goes south, the factory shuts down, and now a whole way of life has been obliterated and they're in spinning and disorientation. How do I find any sense of... And then they go to a backyard barbecue at some neighbor's house and suddenly they have this experience of people completely unlike them. you know what I mean? They're like... yeah. Uh, all I know is I just had an experience way outside of everything I was ever taught is legitimate, proper, divine. But something happened. So, so you can see why a sermon on Ezekiel 1, uh, we're going all sorts of interesting places with this. But the more I want to show you what was happening there, um, we're gonna, we'll are gonna we be at the political, we'll be at the personal, we'll be at the historic, we'll be now. Um, so I noticed that the the more uh, the I was working the craft and the text, I was finding the things happening in this text. A second layer down, a third layer down, a fourth layer yeah. down. Uh, I mean, you can do Ezekiel one. Isn't God blowing your mind? <laughs> no, there's a reason. There's a con- there's something happening sure. here. Right. Uh, and I noticed people having these experiences. It was like, oh, there's something about this art form that has an architectural element i'm creating space in a book you're creating space in the way that you interview people mm-hmm. and things are happening in that space way beyond jared
0: yeah
1: this is the great i yeah. mean it's the wonder and all and this is why we do this right um so in some ways that's when i began sort of to be slightly obsessed with architecture is oh the way that space and that space physical spaces houses Buildings, office buildings are working on us, are spiritually shaping us in all sorts of ways. Yeah. All office buildings kill people's soul. Hmm. Uh, it's a crime. Uh, the CVS in my neighborhood, they should be arrested. <laughs> um, think about like uh, in my neighborhood, and here's why this is so huge for what you do. The CVS in my neighborhood, this pharmacy is like a square. It has No windows, except in the front, it has these fluorescent lights, so it doesn't matter whether it's day or night. Um, It's the cheapest possible construction. It pays zero attention to where it is in the world. They all look the same anywhere you go. Mm -hmm. When you walk in, the first thing that greets you is a long row of magazines of who's sleeping with who and who wore what to what restaurant. So it's impermanence. All those magazines will be swapped out next week. Right. Most of the stuff in the store, I mean, it's good because I go there and I eat some of the stuff, but most of it will be in a landfill. Yeah. So it's actually, it pays no attention to its physical environment or the history or the topography of this place that it is. Yeah. Uh, But then, man, I walked into a, there's a cathedral in Reykjavik, Iceland that I walked by, a modernist cathedral. So it's just clean walls. It's not ornate. It's just super minimal modern white slabs. And you think about these two, and it's stunning, but you think about these two spaces, and then you think about saying to somebody in that CVS space, saying to them, your sins are forgiven. Mm. What an absurd idea. (laughs) Take me to to the place near your house where you go for a walk with your family, the beautiful place with the trees, (laughs) uh, or that cathedral in Iceland, or your favorite place to go on vacation and say... Hey, your sins are forgiven. Yeah. <laughs> so you can see how the th- the words in one look in one setting, certain statements sound completely absurd, yeah. and in other statements, you go, "Yeah, that sounds right." Yeah. So, uh, and what's one of the great crises of our day? These spaces that we're in are shaping us mm-hmm. in all sorts of ways. Uh, you think about people who live in a neighborhood where every single house is the same yeah. color of yeah. hope, and then they're told you have a unique path to walk. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. My <laughs> literal path is the same as. I don't
0: know where I live. I don't, <laughs> don't know where I live. Yeah. it's either there or there. I don't know <laughs> where I live. You know? Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, one of my favorite verses, John six sixty three. Um, do you not know that the words that I've given you are spirit in their life, and yeah. that idea that somehow we're created in the likeness, and the image of God, and I have this ability too to speak a, to speak yeah. a new a new a new world a new yeah a new yeah, yeah. thing in, into your life, and so there's this there's a the thing that's broken, there's a the thing that's missing, there's a the thing that. Or you feel misplaced and I can I can build a thing for you. Now, yeah. here's a new abode for you. I'm going to build it for you. Like, what an incredible opportunity yeah. that is, you know? I mean, that's amazing yeah. to me. That's one of my favorite, favorite verses, that idea. Of, because, you know, uh, a long time ago, I would say, I know a guy. I know a guy who, like, he does this so well. And the transition was, be a guy who does this <laughs> right so well you right know. speak this th- go into a place and change the color of the room you know when yeah. you walk in change the color of the room and i, I, I love that verse and so I, I see what i see the connection between the two that's great that's think great about,
1: think about how many people when you ask them talk about key moments in their life sometimes we talk about often we talk about suffering and loss and i went through this horrible thing and yet somehow oftentimes also people will talk about this lady just said to me this sentence one time. Yeah. And I was like, it like created a whole new world in me. You know, you can leave, uh, you know, you're pretty good at this. Like mm-hmm. just basic. I am. No one ever taught. Um, mm-hmm. she's like words. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. What an honor. Yeah. Whew.
0: You know, when, uh, you, you, did a deal in Tulsa, uh, you were on tour and you, you hit Tulsa. <laughs> oh, <here's>, this is <laughs> something else. that's kind of funny. Uh, uh i'm not gonna remember his name carlton uh
1: pearson thank you
0: yes i'm sitting there in the seat i'm at the venue at kane's ballroom in tulsa and i'm sitting here like this and so i grew up just a, just a little ways down the road and i'm sitting there and we would watch carlton pearson on tv oh. and, and so we're sitting here and so in comes carlton pearson and he sits in front of me i mean just directly in front of me and i'm sitting here and i look up and i'm like What is going on right now? Like, I came to see Rob Bell, and look who's here—Carl Pearson is sitting in front of me. I'm like, this is crazy. So I text my mom. I'm like, you're not gonna believe who's sitting in front of me at this event. She's like, who? And I just take a little snapshot of the side of his head. Like, click. And as freaking Carl Pearson is sitting right here in front of me. And she's like, what? Where are you? I'm in a bar. I can't even really explain the situation that I have going on right now.
1: Um, (laughs) When I come to Tulsa, I hit him up on text. That's great. Your way, my man.
0: That's great. Yeah, that's great. Are you or someone, you know, wanting to make a difference with your life, but you're not sure where to start at Ozark Christian college in Joplin, Missouri, they help students discover the kingdom assignment that God has for them and then train them to carry it out. Ozark prepares students for all kinds of Christian service, biblical communication, biblical justice, youth and children's ministry, counseling, missions, organizational leadership, worship and creative arts, and much more. Ozark's close community, Bible foundation, and commitment to service prepare students to take the gospel to every corner of the globe as ambassadors for Christ. And Ozark's affordable tuition offers a quality private Christian education at a public university price. Ozark Christian College. Your mission is out there. Your training starts here. Fit to smash ice. Why have I never been able to find a copy of this somewhere? Oh, that tour? Yeah. Yeah. Is it out there? Does it exist?
1: No, nothing. It's not recorded. No. Huh.
0: <laughs> wow, that's too bad.
1: I think some of that, some of those t- stories will make it into something. I think most of that stuff has made it. That thing got taken apart in the chop shop. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was like, ah, oh, those fenders don't belong with those mm-hmm. wheels. So I, that that one got taken apart. And I think most of those pieces have ended up in other places. Uh, I think I did see an outline for that somewhere a couple years ago. I think I kept one of like some of the notes and I was like, Oh yeah, most of that ended up other places. Yeah. Sometimes you're taking things out and trying them out and seeing what works and you're like, eh, okay. It's just just not great. Something about it's flat or something. And- was that the
0: be- was that the be- the beginning of kind of what you're doing now? I mean was that that was kind of
1: uh, no, that would have been 11, fall of 2011, and my the first tour was 2006, which was called Everything is Spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, it was sermons on, you know, like, all over the place, but then when I started touring, it was like, like an hour and 45 minute deal, like it was like a show, like the sermon going to another place, and then I started touring where i do it, like, I think the first tour, I did it in 25 American cities in 28 days, like that. Wow. <laughs> <So> that's, yeah, <laughs> that's, burn, that's
0: burning pretty hot.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't do those. There were a number of uh, those where you sleep on a bus at night, and then you do it all over the next day. Now I do break it up. Like this past weekend, I did three shows in three nights, but then and then I'm home now for like a month. So yeah. I don't do it like that anymore.
0: So you go back out on the road, uh,
1: Dallas, Texas. Is that right?
0: I got this in front of me. Dallas, Texas, November 4th. Is that the next? Uh...
1: Yeah, there'll be a Dallas, San Antonio, Houston, National. Gotcha.
0: Uh, Atlanta, Santa Cruz, Sacramento, LA.
1: And then we'll wrap it up, yeah.
0: Yeah, excellent. Are you still surfing?
1: Oh, my goodness. Tomorrow morning. Yeah? Is oh, it a I... daily, daily thing? Um, almost. Good for you. Every other day, maybe. Oh yeah, yeah. It goes deep. It's hard to even talk about because it's so meaningful and and yeah, I don't even know how to describe it. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, let's leave it alone then.
1: Yeah, that's where we. That's how we fill up. That's how we fill up.
0: That's great. Yeah. Um, when you start doing tours, you start writing for a new tour. Um, what's the writing process look like? I mean, you talked about the chop shop. You talked about
1: usually pieces. there's an idea. It gets birthed a couple of years before I would take it out. Because the idea has to be big enough. It has to be big enough that you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and um, slightly out of reach. Like, like last year's tour was called The Holy Shift, and I did a whole thing on the word holy. And I remember when I first, a bunch of these different insights and texts and stories started talking to each other. And it was like, ooh, I don't know if I could pull that off. I don't know if I could pull that off. So the first thing isn't, oh, I could crush that. The first thing is, Mm. uh, ooh, there's something there. And you also, it has to be big enough that you're going to take this around and live with it for a long time and get to know it and keep working with it. So there's a number of things that start to go, "Ooh, I think that might be something." But that's the yeah. first thing that happens is I don't know if I could pull that off because then especially when you think about like hour and 45 minutes on a stage, it has to ha- it has to be like super 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 tight. Um, it's almost like take all 100 of your best songs and then whittle them down to the 10 greatest you know what I mean? It has to be boom, 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 boom. The beats have to be really tight in a <clears> big room that has that sort of energy surrounding it. Yeah, yeah so, and then uh, sometimes it's all paper and pen. Usually it's paper and pen. You start writing out outlines, and then they get more and more detailed and less detailed. And yeah, 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 it's a whole thing. It takes forever.
0: Yeah. Um, do you talk about it while you're doing it?
1: I'll try out little bits here and there, but the person won't know. I might just say, hey, uh, uh, like uh, next year, there, well, there might be a tour next year. Um, no, nothing official, but okay. I just remember dinner night at dinner. Uh, I was out with a friend, and I told them a story that'll probably it'll be in a future thing. Yeah. But I noticed, but and it was in the course of the conversation, and I watched how they responded to it.
0: Good for, yeah, that's and,
1: cool. Uh, the subtleties of it, and um, so in some ways, you're always trying it out. You're looking, you're, mm-hmm. you're seeing, and and at some level, you're seeing what it's. I'm seeing what it's doing to me. Um, I see what it does to others. I see how different tellings and different emphasis on different syllables. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's all of this. Poetry to it, and cadence, and speed, and emotional resonance, and uh, it's you're just endlessly exploring it in every direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really fun. I love it.
0: So, do you take any of this stuff to your wife first? Does she? Oh, we get- never
1: stop talking. So she's heard it a lot of times. She'll say she will have encountered it in all these different bits and fragments. Gotcha. And then she'll be like, oh, I love how you put that together.
0: <laughs> That's cool.
1: Um, and then sometimes I will just run whole sections through. She did come to the previews of this year's tour that I did in a theater nearby, near in our near our house, and then she had all sorts of notes afterwards. Mm. That's the first time I did like preview shows on a tour, so that when I went out, it already had a bunch of reps. But yeah, Kristen came, and then... Had like had like a whole bunch of notes. And yeah, her notes are great. Why? Because they're generally sometimes it's just straight up. I don't that word. Is there a better word than that? Uh, or can you give more on that one thing? Because it's good. Keep going. Oh, Keep, that's I could cool. Take a lot more on that. Sometimes she'll. There are subtle, energetic. I'm trying to think of something she did recently that was like, ooh. She's watching the subtle energies of a room like that's coming on too strong. It's not needed or mm-hmm. that can use way more fire. Um, she's, she's almost like uh, uh, she calls it lower languages. There's the things you're saying, then there's the things that the room is picking up. Um, and she's masterful at all the other things that are happening in a room. Yeah. In, in a communication mm-hmm. event. So yeah, really
0: is, she, is she she uh, a on the enneagram where does she land?
1: Oh the enneagram that's funny. A 6. So uh loyalty, safety. Yeah. Um and she's really tuned in to what people can hear um and what kind of place we're in, where we're we're more open. She yeah, so she's she's oh she's amazing.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. So uh and you were 7, correct?
1: Sure. If we all get a number and that's how it works, sure.
0: <laughs> Listen, I'm just repeating what Ian Cron says about you. Okay, that's it. All that's I all agree. I care
1: the about. It's funny, the, the Enneagram is so awesome. I remember, uh, I think it was uh, this wonderful priest named Richard Rohr telling me that the Enneagram originally wasn't written down. I think he's the one who told me this, because the, um, it was a whole way humans move in health and unhealth and that it didn't want to get too black and white written down because it could get turned into a parlor game. What number are you? What number right. are you? Right. Exactly. Larger, which I think is kind of exactly what's happened. Just a, what happened. casual yeah, observation. Right. But right. I think it also is it's it's helped an incredible amount of people. So Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah are, that's cool. Uh, the reason I the reason I asked that is because when it comes to uh, the the thinking part mm-hmm. uh, in the thinking side when you've got a seven and a six. So my wife is a five. Uh-huh. And all my buddies, they're like, so me and my wife got together and we went and we rode motorcycles. So we got together and we played co softball. My wife and I got together and we, uh, we went and we did this. We're remodeling a home together. And I'm sitting there and I'm questioning my relationship with my wife because I'm like, we have zero hobbies together. Like none. Like we don't play nothing, like nothing at all. And I started thinking about it. I was like, you know what we do well, though, her and I? We sit and we talk and we dive deep, like yeah. in each other's minds. Right. You know? and, and and I'm sitting there and I'm like, no wonder we don't play. We don't have time to play. We're over here solving serious problems. We're mapping out, you know, decisions we need to make with our kids. This is so incredibly good. Like we don't play. This all is that, not what we do.
1: You can so all, again, all that play.
0: That's and it is for us. It is. I mean, if it it I'm for your
1: kids. I would, if I were your kids, what a beautiful thing our parents made with creating our lives. Mm. You know what I mean? Our parents tapped into the play of it all. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of course you're playing. Oh, yeah, of course the two of you are playing. You've just actually figured out that that's the best way to approach the serious stuff.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Just to give you an idea on what I've seen with my, my youngest daughter. We're in, a, we're, in a, we're in a restaurant the other day, and the lady comes up, and she's serving. And I look at my 12-year-old, and I was like, good gosh. Did you, did you see her blue eyes? Those are the most electric blue eyes I've ever seen. And my daughter says, yeah, I saw them. They are really pretty. And I was like, I know. I was like, you think we should tell her? And my 12-year-old my says, she looks like she's doing okay, Dad. I don't think she needs to know.
1: That's good. That's I great. was like That's great.
0: So so it wasn't about her. Good job, Jared. <laughs> good That's great. Job. Yeah, it was awesome. Like her her perception was, yeah, she looks like she knows that and she's doing good with her life. She's We're good completely here. comfortable in her own skin. I don't yeah. know why we need to interrupt the flow yeah, right. she's got going on, Dad. You yeah. know? Unless this is about you needing to feel important and come off as a nice guy. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not get (laughs) get pushy. You're 12. I got no stuff, you know. (laughs) Stuff. Um, In my question, one of the questions I sent you, how should ministers um, handle breakdown? Probably the better question is how should anybody, any leader, handle breakdown?
1: Here's my question for you. Who? Who's the person? Where are they? Is this a pattern? Is this a shock out of nowhere? Where do they come from? Uh, What are the dynamics in the setting that they're in? Uh, Who's been walking with them? Anybody around them seen any of this? Uh, Did anybody have a heads up? Um, Have they been keeping a whole world of things away from other people? Or are there people who have been close to them who are like, Yeah, this isn't sustainable. Uh, How open are they? Are they ready to do full, open-hearted, let's take this whole thing apart down to the chassis? Uh, Are they in a setting that would understand that you actually want a wounded healer leading you? Yeah. So do whatever you need to do to get healthy and then come back and keep leading us. Or are they in a setting that's like, get rid of this person, get us a strong... Impervious Teflon person. So I would, uh, I would say that the tradition I come from, the word becomes flesh. Mm. So you can talk about principles and templates and nice theories, but who is it? Yeah. Flesh and blood. Where are they? Um, and lots and lots of people are in settings that are unsustainable at every level. So for the person. To get help, they have to be in enough pain that they're ready, really, to take apart their own stuff. But they may take all sorts of steps. But they're in a in a matrix, in a community, in a setting that doesn't that isn't ready to take apart all of its stuff. Right. Um,
0: I'm currently I'm currently in a in a church serving as the as the preaching the preaching minister. And here, here's what's so great. My job description is this. Jared, here's what we need you to do. We need you to preach your guts out on Sunday. Okay? <laughs> preach your guts out. We want stories. I mean, light us up. Just preach your guts out. And then the rest of the week, we want you to do whatever you need to do to stay healthy so that next week you can come back and preach your guts. Cuts out.
1: Oh my! Like, that's goodness. my job description. How of the wonderful church. is that? Look at you! How wonderful is that?
0: How great is that?
1: Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Oh my word! What? Best. what? It's the best. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think it, it. That's beautiful. It's, it's, and you see this across. You see lots of people waking up to a number of these systems we were handed: economic, political, spiritual, religious, yeah. faith community. <laughs> um, the, sustainability wasn't built into them so this is beautiful yeah. wow good for you
0: yeah it's such a super deal such a super deal i mean yeah. they're just they're all in they're all in it's uh it's a good deal it's a good deal um how would your friends best describe you
1: oh, oh my word i have no idea i mean we like tacos uh that's,
0: that's where they start <laughs> they start
1: with right tacos uh, I have no idea. You'd have to interview them all. Hmm. Um, yeah. they, don't have
0: a, they don't have a thing. Well, that's just typical Rob. They don't have a thing like that? Oh, well, you know, that's typical Rob.
1: Uh, as soon as people said that's typical Rob, I would like then want to change it. <laughs> they might say curious. I love it. Um it'd be awesome if they said love. Uh, <laughs> okay. You know what I mean?
0: Sure. sure. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, So, talk to me about curiosity. This uh, this podcast is an exercise of my own curiosity. Absolutely. I want to know if there's other minds like mine, um, who who live under a banner of a name or a title or a job description that is you're the guy that's supposed to have it together and then doesn't. And I'm curious to know are the other guys like that or in that situation. And so this is a part of my deep dive into Uh. talking to other ministers and saying, hey. What about this? Do you ever struggle with this? And here's the, here's the returning line over and over. Every single time I preach a sermon, I leave the stage and I think it's a seven. And by two o'clock in the afternoon, it's a three.
1: Oh, wow.
0: All the time. That's the phrase.
1: Oh, that's interesting.
0: So my curiosity is, huh, I've had this. I've had that feeling. I wonder if other people have this feeling. Or I've gone through this thing. I wonder if other people have gone through this thing. I need to ask them. I need to to ask them about Uh, this.
1: I think in a previous life, I, earlier, I was much more rating. I was much more, I gave a lot more headspace to how I think it went. And then, Anybody who gave me feedback was like, really? Oh. um, And I think in some ways, a lot of that got beaten out of me because, in some ways, I felt like I came to see the gift of even getting to do this. And it brings me so much joy, even to make these things and share them with people Mm -hmm. that. I think my evaluation was so much more in the experience of giving. Oh, that was so fun. Um, And how it went. Uh, Tom Petty used to say, we won't evaluate this after a gig. The band could not take apart the gig. Mm. We'll do that tomorrow night and sound check. Um, So the band after the gig, when you're recovering and you're all having a drink in the green room, you don't get to analyze the gig. We'll do that at sound check at the next gig when we're all plugged in and we could actually make adjustments and tweaks. So helpful. So I'm super tuned into, I just gave that gift and the joy and satisfaction that I even get to do this. And then later I will go back through, uh, okay, tighten that up, shorten that, tweak that. That part there felt a little. Yeah. Uh, so I sort of separate them. There's a great documentary about the Abbott brothers, and they record this song, and it shows them recording a song, and then they and it's like this beautiful song where you see them like just pouring their hearts out. Then they finish and they go outside, and the two of them are talking. Um, is it a hit or not? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And they just and they're talking together about how do you deal? How do you deal with? We just had this experience where we poured our hearts out into the microphones. Um. It's sort of like recovering from that Eucharist, body broken, blood poured out, um, and then all the questions about should the bass be louder? Is it a hit? Should it be the right, one on the right? Um, so I think each person has to has to <clears throat> figure out how you're going to do these. Because my experience, if they all end up stacked on top of each other, right. man, you just end up with a giant hairball.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, it's,
1: it's like you 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 create this sacred circle around the act uh, i'm here i'm breathing mm. i can do this
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: wow and then also you think about driving home by two o'clock well of course the adrenal is start you're on the back side of the right. adrenaline right. serotonin like that was a physiological response that you're having and if you attach too much to the physiology of it we all know that you'll feel different in yeah. 10 hours 20 hours 2 days.
0: Absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. That's good that's a good that's a good advice. That's good advice.
1: I meet people all the time who are like I mean I'm, I don't know if I can keep doing this. Uh oh. well. Um how often do you take a day will you take a day away from this? Do you have any sort of sabbath rhythms in your life? Like let's not talk about any of that until you are fit, rested, you've slept well. Had a few, good people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right, let's,
0: right, sure.
1: Let's separate these. Yeah. Um, let's get this thing all tuned in so that you can even be in healthy, rested, grounded yeah. center. Yeah. Let's start there. Yeah. Then we'll talk about some of these. Should you even be here doing this, or where should you go? But um, yeah. if you collapse all these different levels of the psyche and consciousness into one big blob, you're, it's going to be a mess.
0: Yeah, it's what a lot of the NA AA, where they talk about HALT hungry, angry, lonely, tired.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, nice.
0: You know, fine. F- okay, let's check the boxes first. Okay. Yes. Let's, we don't need to make any big decisions until we've decided are we hungry, angry, lonely, or tired?
1: Oh, well, that's beautiful. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't heard that. That's fantastic.
0: I'm, I'm three of the four. Okay. Then let's yeah. not decide we're going to drink. Let's not decide we're going to drink yet. Let's go. Let's handle these handle these right, first. Right, know,
1: right, right, right. Uh, right, And
0: then let's move on. Yeah, let's right. get a baseline. Let's get, let's make sure everything's in work. There's these moments, I'm sure you've had them. I'll, I'll get low on sleep, and then my mind will just get carried away. And I'll be thinking to my find myself sitting yeah. in a car, like tired, just like staring, staring at the radio. Like, I think I'm ready to quit my job. And I'm
1: like, Right, right, know. right.
0: Like, Jared, 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 you're sleepy, buddy. Okay? Yeah. You're, you're sleepy. Let's. Can we start there? Is that an okay place
1: to start? <laughs> you, know, you know, it's funny you say that. Um, I've been working on a project since January, and I finished it uh, yesterday. Mm. And Kristen's taking a look at it in the next couple of days, and she's like, "When are you ready for notes? And you aren't. Are you? I was like, <laughs> no. Like, yeah. right? I, I, I finished it yesterday, so whatever tweaking and adjustments need to be made right now, I'm not ready. That's cool. I'm, I, uh, it sounds like the most difficult thing in the world to do right now. And in six days, I'll probably be like, yeah, all right. That's um, cool. so I just know, and this is what yeah. i about a lot of leaders. You don't have that in you right now. So just say it, you know what I mean? Uh, but Rob, just say it. Um, <laughs> but Rob, Rob, we can't.
0: We what? You know what happens if we say it? You know exactly what happens if we say it.
1: I don't. I don't. Uh, and, and I've often. You. It's like you have to come to terms with your limits. And sometimes for people, I want to give you the best gift I can. On that, I can't do that right now. Mm. Give me three days, and um, I can be. I can be present. I can do that.
0: That's so cool.
1: Um, but it's like the all of creation, all around you is on a sine wave inhale exhale sunrise sunset it's all the most basic math drawing yeah. ever um, so you're not on right now you're off um,
0: i think it was an old i think it was an old mars hill sermon the refrigerator hum right oh yeah yeah you talked about the refrigerator hum i remember this from like 100 100 years ago was
1: 100 years ago what's the refrigerator hum do tell me your, about the sermon. Your,
0: I your did. life, your life,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> your life, your life should not sound like a refri- like the hum of the refrigerator. Oh. Mm, it doesn't just go. Yeah. That's I not what it does. You. It's in. It's inhale. It's exhale. Ah,
1: uh, I it's think I had under, a drum set. I think I had under, a drum set on stage and was playing the drums.
0: Yeah, and, you did. I remember it, that.
1: Then you pull the stick off. Like drums are about you play and then you you hit and then you pull off.
0: I remember that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, refrigerator hum. That was one of yours.
1: when you're on, when you're off. There's a there's a rhythm built into the whole thing.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. That's good. Reminding me. That's a good one. Refrigerator hum.
0: Yeah, refrigerator hum. The hum of the refrigerator. I remember
1: that one. one this is beautiful. Thank you. So, Keep it um,
0: listen, listen. It was. I've been. It sounds so fanboyish, but you got to understand. For for. Whatever, my generation, the group of people that I was around at the time, mm. when, when the sermons, when your sermon started rolling out, th- this was the first time we heard the sermon, and it had air in it.
1: Wow. Mm. It That's-
0: didn't have air in it before. It was, bu- it was beautiful. It was structured fine. The stories were impactful, but it didn't have air. It couldn't float. It wasn't real. It didn't have a motor on it. I mean, it was one of those styrofoam planes. You had to throw it. It didn't have an engine. It wouldn't go. It just, you could make it go. You could blow air into it. You know, you could hold a string on it and let the wind blow it, and it would take, well, if the wind stopped, it just stopped. These sermons had air in them, and that was the first time. We, we, it, all of us, we were just saying, did you hear this? Yes, I heard this. Did that blow your mind? It blew my mind. I mean,
1: wow. from,
0: I mean and that was, that was the power of it, and I think for Psalm so 42, so when I when I graduated college like it that was the time period you know right in there that we were listening to all these things and holding on to this this is the no one else is saying this stuff no one else is putting air into it like uh-huh. how do we how do we explain this to the people around us you know so sermon titles begin to change for me and it turned into things like birthday cake tastes like obligation you know <laughs> <laughs> That's what it did, you know.
1: The title is just the title is just the joy, isn't it? You,
0: <laughs> you know, but it, puppy puppies and prostitutes, and this is like this is yeah th- these yeah that's where that's where the sermon yeah. turned into the sermon for me. Okay, mm-hmm. when I'm hearing this, th- okay, what you were doing, what you were doing was, you know, um, it was the it, for us, it was the best. It was the best, and I'm not just trying to, mm. I'm just trying to be to be weird about it, but. Like, that was the first time we'd heard this. Like, people were great. These guys were great orators. They could move an audience right to the edge of the parking lot. And then it ended.
1: (laughs) Oh, you're good. You're good, man. You're a good preacher.
0: I I I wanted that moment that I have when I go to the restaurant with my wife, and I order a steak, and she orders chicken. And I finish the steak, and she has a little bit of chicken, and she says... Do you want to eat this chicken? And I love to eat, but I don't want to get the taste that I have in my mouth out of my mouth. I don't want. I don't want that. I don't, I'm not having this. No, I'm not. I'll go hungry before I sacrifice this morsel I've got jammed up in here. I'm going to keep that and I'm going to go home and I'm going to, I'm going to chew on this thing and I'm going to think about this thing and I'm going to try to solve it. And, and while I'm on a run and while I'm thinking about it on Sunday afternoon and while I'm processing, how in the world did he get there? I don't, e- I don't even remember the turn. There was a pivot in there somewhere and I don't know where the pivot was. We went from low riders and rap r- music to there is no, there is no temple in Jerusalem. Like, how did we get, what was the pivot? Uh, yeah. I don't, yeah, yeah. you know, for me, that was the juice. That was the, you blew air into I guess that's the only way I can say it.
1: That was actually huge for me when I discovered uh, cubism in music. You put together a a series of disparate elements that have nothing to do with each other, but you put them side by side, and then together they form something. Mm. So you're not as obsessed with the transitions and the segues. You've given up on that. Just park them next to each other. And it may take a while for people to spot the pattern. And when I saw cubism in music and then realized, oh, here, that's, that helps me understand some of these things I'm doing, where put a number of things, and then I began to see the sermon, as opposed to a linear A, B, C, D, um, where this part has to make sense, following this part, following this part. Yes, I'm going to put a number of things in the room. Uh-huh. So even, the, even how you're spatially thinking about the sermon, I'm going to place a bunch of things in the room Mm -hmm. and I'm going to trust that they'll begin talking to each other. Um, So, (laughs) so the rims in Ezekiel and actually the Ezekiel section, that's straight up exegesis or context. (laughs) There's legit work in there. I'm just putting it all around you. And then it's almost like I'm putting a series of circles around you and you're in the middle of them. Because I know that something will happen because that's what happened to me. Mm. These things all began to encircle me. And so it's it's non-linear in a sense, although you do know exactly what you're doing, is I'm constructing like a relational field in which everything begins to be entangled. And then when you, instead of saying to you, here are the three things that it means, you're going to have experiences that are going to imprint certain things on you. And if you arrive at it, it's going to have way more power. Like you said, air. Like you saw it. Mm -hmm. I set it up, but you saw it. And because you got there on your own, as opposed to me going, here are the four things it means. Um, Here's what it means for you. (laughs) You know what I mean? Think about that line, which is a classic preaching line.
0: Absolutely. How I
1: want to apply it for you. Uh Yeah. Well uh great but i I appreciate the attempt but that may work that may not i may have a completely different kind of life Um, so what's what i noticed is rhetorically you can actually get in the way of the thing you're trying to do by telling people this is it when in fact what spirit does is each person swears spirit was speaking to just them Yes um, and I also noticed that it looked sometimes to people coming from other spaces like well you're not being clear enough like no I'm being very clear I'm just trying to do something much more powerful I'm not trying to hand out fish I'm yep. trying to go out into the woods with you and help you find a branch we're gonna get some we're gonna we're gonna get you your own fishing pole because mm. that that's the business
0: what one of the lines that you just used that, that that encourages me so much first off let me tell you this when we came back earlier oh no i guess we're, we're okay i was looking i was looking at my little stopper up here and i was like is this not recording this better be recording i'm gonna be way freaking pissed this is a <laughs> excellent conversation one of the phrases you used a second ago was then i understood what it was i was doing Right. <laughs> yeah. That, Rob, that's that's perfect. Like That perfectly <laughs> explains so much of the preaching process for me. Like, what am I doing? Like, intuitively know what I'm doing. And when you talk about cubism, like, I understand that. Here's the constant complaint. Jared, here's the deal I know. I love the way you preach. And I'm always thinking to myself, just hang on. Just hang on. We're going to get there at the end. And it's all going to make sense. Just wait. Just yeah, wait. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a wonderful compliment. Like I lo- that's a wonderful compliment. And they can call it whatever they want to call it. It doesn't make any difference to yeah. me. This is how I got here. And and don't you find that the joy of exposing how I got there is is even a part of like even a part of the presentation itself. Like that brings as much joy. You're telling a story. Yeah, like so it's there like here's how I got here. Watch how yeah. I get here. This is insane yeah. to me.
1: Yeah, yeah, because uh, ultimately it's a story, not a proposition. So mm-hmm. I I am going to give you a brief history of how this idea came to me and took root in me and took on flesh and blood. I am going to publicly do The Word Became Flesh and Blood. And in that process, I'm going to invite you. Because ultimately, it, it all is a story. So this this is the person you meet who's really, really passionate about some. They've got some philosophy, theology. There is a God. There isn't a God. Whatever it is. And they're mm-hmm. acting like this is true, and they reasoned their way there, I'm always like, uh, tell me about your traumas, tell me about your parents, tell me about your loss and your pain. You hold these views, and the more you tell me, these are just obvious, objective interpretations of the Bible or politics or whatever, politics, you know what I mean? I'm like, no, you had a series of things happen to you and this helped you make sense. This is autobiographical. And the more you insist that this, this floats in this nice, intellectual, pristine territory, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. The more I know that this is actually really, really personal for you. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's... now um You would probably love... Uh, there's a writer named Leonard Schlain. And he has a book called Art and Physics. Okay. And what he does whoop, is he traces in human history how... Major scientific discoveries, if you look just before them, artists, writers, sculptors were giving expression to the truth, and then science, after that, began to explicitly name it. So Salvador Dali is painting curved clocks, and then a little while later, Einstein does his theory of relativity and how time and space are mm-hmm. curved. Right. So he says, there is something in the collective human experience that we intuit these truths about creation, and generally artists begin giving them expression, and then later, the other portion of the brain, in logical, linear fashion, brings the data, the research, and the form to them. So what's so, fascinating is this larger human phenomenon, you... Are doing something in your sermon. You're learning. You're trying this. You don't know why it works. You just know that this is where the life is. And then later you realize, oh, that's what I was doing. Mm. Oh, See, I love that language. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's yeah. it's so great. It's so
0: great to be a student. And you know when you encounter those passages or those situations or circumstances in your own life to where you're like, how in the world do you navigate this? It Because it means something. It just means something. I'm standing in the bathroom, and I don't even remember what I was doing. I'm standing in the bathroom at the the sink, brushing my teeth or whatever, and this thought hits me. How do you create, like how do you create, how are you you personally, how do you create a podcast that's something that is sustainable in your own life? Like, because it, I get so bored so fast with almost anything. So bored, so incredibly bored. And I'm saying, how in the world do I do that? Okay, what is the starting point for that? How do I navigate around my own curiosity and my incessant, (laughs) unrelenting boredom that just will show up? And it will suck. It will just sucked the life right out of this thing I'm like I want to do this and so I do it and it's like I'm done doing this and <laughs> I'm done like how ah, do I how do I do that and I had this thought what in the world um, what is it that is most true about you and I thought well how do I know what's true about me and what's not true about me that well we're going to have to go to history what's true about you 10 years ago 20 years ago that is true about you 5 years ago it was true about you yesterday and will probably be true of you tomorrow. And I sat there and I was thinking, wow, you really just dove yourself right to the deep end here. Where are we going? And I went, I'm curious. I'm,
1: Yeah. I'm,
0: I'm curious. And that's the thing that's always been true about me because it has probably been at the root of the moments that i have been in most trouble, the moments that have caused me uh, a lot of pain, moments that have caused me massive amounts of joy that has caused a whole lot of success. Curiosity, that's the thing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that's that's going to be the thing that I know is going to be sustainable. Like that's sustainable for me.
1: Yes, nice. Like,
0: I, that's sustainable.
1: Yeah.
0: So then what are you most curious about? And I'm like, I'm always most curious about the sermon. I'm always and, – and, and the heart of the preacher. Those are the two things that are – I'm always – preachers are so guarded i mean they're just so guarded people in general i understand but within the people that i'm talking to guarded so guarded and so to have an open conversation it, they've they've been battered and beaten and they can't get there you know they just uh-huh. can't it's hard to get there you know they're waiting on if this shows up we're going to be in trouble if this shows up in the elders meeting we're all going to get oh, fired oh, so sad you know? well, and I'm- so that conversation so how do, so who do you have unlimited access to or what do you have unlimited access to i'm like preachers but like, preachers love to talk to me. They love it. I will call them and they will talk. You ask a preacher, <laughs> you ask a preacher, hey, do you want to come on the podcast and talk about yourself for an hour? Well, absolutely. I'd love to. I would absolutely love to do it. And so to me, the curiosity and the creativity part of putting this podcast together, I mean, it sprouted from that same thing that, that yeah. you're talking about. I need to find the sustainable the sustainable piece. What is sustainable in your world?
1: Oh, well, I mean, I, I curiosity. I begin with curiosity. Mm. i'm following something i always have been i'm following it and you have experiences and somewhere in the course of the experience often i think oh i would love to try to give this language and shape and form how much fun would that be so that other people could have this experience or go way beyond it and see whatever they would see in it yeah yes yeah. So that's all and that's what happened to me as i was Uh, My wife and I and some friends started a church, and that was lovely, and it was a a great season of life. But running an institution, I had no curiosity about it. But I just kept making things and having ideas of things to make, which were all, in one form or another, a sermon. I mean, a book, a show, a film. It was all at some level. I had these experiences of the depth of life. I always say everything is spiritual. And I came out of this Jesus tradition that had this these fantastic stories and images and metaphors and ways of naming this uh, that had clarity and ambiguity and had mystery and had like It's just all like, oh, I love this. So I just kept following it. And then Kristen and I more and more and more just completely arranged our lives around this. So this, this thing is airtight. The integrity, the focus... Uh, it's very zen-like. I don't do much. I'm with my wife and kids. I go surfing, and I make these things. So by now, we're like a well-oiled machine, this whole thing. Kristen used to say, when I was still trying to run an institution and I was killing me, she would say, well, if you, were an oil- if you were an oil painter, how would we do this? Well, we'd set the whole thing up so you'd be inspired, so yeah. you can make great oil paintings. So... It's so sharp. So Kristen and I, we just got really, really, like, dialed in. So the whole thing is about the integrity of making these things and sharing them with the world. So even, like, we live here in the middle of Los Angeles, in the middle of, like, Creative Central, because uh, it just is, for us, the place where the the city and the people we're meeting and the creative juice and the, it all like does something. Yeah. So like literally right now, today we were talking about a year from now, what we'll be doing because we're following the art where it takes us. That's yeah, great. Yeah. That's yeah. great. And, and that's everything for us is back to what's the next thing. How do we do it? How do we make it? How do we take it out? How do we do it in a sustainable way? What would that look like? what have be learned? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what how it did,
0: works. What What, what do you kids say when when the other kids say, "Hey, so what'd your daddy do for a job?"
1: What do they say? That's a great question. The boys long ago, just the other day that we were talking about this. <clears throat> long ago, they were like it. It didn't fit. Long ago, so now they just have fun with it. Uh, here, here, a lot of their their friends get well. Their friends go on the Googler, the Wikipedia, or whatever. and they're like what? Um, <laughs> But they do like making things and then going out on tour and sharing them is not an unusual thing where we live here. Gotcha. So, um, like a lot of my kids' friends, like I do shows around here. Sometimes mm. they come to. So, books, shows, it's film, a normal thing. Yeah. Tours, like this is this town is people are making things and sharing. So it's not a strange. It's not actually a very, a very strange thing around here. Yeah, that's cool. Even yeah, but my but kids. I- they, my kids
0: dig it. Yeah. Yeah. My my daughter says, uh, "Hey, uh, do you have a real job?"
1: <laughs> I said, "Yeah, yes, I have a
0: real job. Like, I, like you see me on you see me on Sundays at church." She's like, "No, no, I don't mean on Sundays. I mean like the rest of the week." Do you? Do you have another job? Uh, I'm like, that's... "Yeah." She's like, "Because here's what I think, Dad. I think you probably do fashion shows. I think sometimes you probably run around the house and pretend like there's bad guys in there. <laughs> I think sometimes all you do is go fishing all the time. That's what I think." I mean, and I was like. Guilty of all those things. Absolutely guilty of all those things.
1: You know, my, uh, I just, uh, this summer I did a month in Europe. And then we were, at the end, uh, my son came along and did some of the production for me. My 19-year-old son, Preston. And then at the very end, I did three nights at the Fringe Comedy Festival in Edinburgh, Scotland. Um, And Kristen and Violet, my wife and daughter, flew home. But it was just he and I, and we stayed in this apartment in Edinburgh. And then each night we would walk in and do the show and afterwards we'd go out and then the morning we wake up and go over to the Tesco grocery store and like just him with me. And that's cool. Uh, he's in bands and he's tours and all that. So, but just the two of us like, and each night ready to go. Yep. And we'd go in and, Oh, awesome. Best. That's awesome. (laughs) Wow.
0: What a great life, huh?
1: It is. Yeah. It is. It is. Great life. I couldn't ask for okay. more. Yeah. Um uh you got, got a couple these, more, are we wrapping up? What do you got? I
0: got a couple I got a couple more and I'm I'm out. I'm Fire out. Away. Um got a uh got a lot of guys who come on here and who listen, who tune in, and they're as I mentioned before, they're in they're in beat up what you call institutions. They're in some really beat up places and they find, themselves, they find themselves landlocked. There's no options. I can't go nowhere. I can't do anything else. My degree is in this, which I love that phrase. That is the most poison. Well, this is what my degree is in. Oh, then, yeah, absolutely, by all means. Go ahead. Just uh, slowly kill yourself. That'd be great. Yeah. To be <laughs> I on. like you. I no, like that's you yeah, that's perfect. What, whatever the degree says. Yeah, just check the wall. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what it is. Um, when, when these guys get beat up and battered by the very thing that at one point in their life controlled everything, like my goal is to share the gospel, and then they move, they move into, into the, the house, I mean, into the shelter of it. Ah, and, got it, got it. And it, it, it punches them in the face. What kind of encouragement do you have for these kind of guys overwhelmed by the church
1: machine? Oh, I would immediately say to them, The world needs more sermons than ever. People are absolutely desperate for spiritual wisdom. Do you have anything to say about how people can worry less? Hmm. Do do you have anything to say about how to keep a calm center when the political structures around you are in massive upheaval? Yeah. Uh, Do you have anything to say about how to forgive somebody who's wronged you? Um, have you ever loved somebody and had your heart broken? Cause those stories help us. So we know we're not alone. The world, people are absolutely desperate for spiritual wisdom and depth. And if somebody can help shine a little light into the depths of life, new creation, resurrection, wait, you're telling me that the story isn't over. Um, You're telling me that how I care for my body and how I care for the earth is all one seamless whole. Um, So I begin with man, if you love giving sermons, we need sermons more than ever. So you can go get a job anywhere and give (laughs) sermons. Man, this is all just an issue of backyards, barbecues, basements. You know what I mean? (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. Like, man, if this is what you love to do, uh, <laughs> there are lots of opportunities for you to do this. So, and you also have some bills to pay? Okay, well then sort that out. Yeah, sort that out. And actually, if you went and just got a regular job, your sermons would probably be better. <laughs> because then, when you were talking, you'd probably have a whole new world of insights. Yeah. So, uh... Anybody who's like, well, these are my only options, this universe created a ball of rock that's hurtling through space at 67,000 miles an hour while it's rotating at 1,000 miles an hour called planet Earth, which is 238,000 miles away from a moon, which affects its tides and a woman's cycle, so the whole thing is connected to everything else. It exists within the Milky Way galaxy, which is traveling at 515,000 miles an hour, And we now know that the sun will probably burn out in 9 billion years. So this thing actually isn't going to run forever. So this universe is capable of extraordinary generative creativity. So this universe in which there are millions and millions of species and colors and textures and shapes, it could produce all this incredible diversity. 7 billion different people, none of them are the same. And you're telling me there's only one way you can pay your bills? Uh...
0: You're not a very creative guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I begin with, man, the fundamental story of the Bible is these slaves are liberated from Egypt. And then they're invited to now share that liberation with the world. So any disempowerment within you, any, well, this is just how it is. Man, if you are anywhere near this tradition, this tradition is fundamentally rebellious and resistive and disruptive because it says, it's so one thing to get you out of Egypt, but now we're going to get the Egypt out of you. Mm. Ever a dude, a lady, anybody anywhere says, well, this is just how it is. That's an Egypt. The one thing the gospel does is it rages against that machine. <laughs> no, no, we're creating a new world. We're creating a new world. The one thing we never ever do is just say, well, this is just how it is. Um, so, uh, so uh, try smoking what you're selling. And let's start there, let's
0: start Rob there. Bell. <laughs> so good, so good. That feel
1: because
0: good. Oh, so, so good.
1: That's that's to me. Uh, we begin by saying yes to the invitation ourselves to new creation, to liberation, to resurrection. We begin a, in our deepest places of pain and wound and disempowerment. It starts there. It starts there. You let it go. You let it take hold in there, and then you follow it where it takes you. And man, oh man. Yeah, that's, that's a good time right there. That's a I, life. You could have a I, life with that.
0: Imagine how good the sermons would be, huh? Yeah. Isn't
1: that fantastic. Yeah. So, so, I, so
0: you, heard, you heard it here first. Time to. Yeah. You stuck? You stuck? time to quit. Quit your job. Go get a real job. Get, yeah. after, get after your sermon teaching. That's good. So.
1: Or just tell the people around you, you brought me in to tell the truth, so I need to make changes so that my life is set up for that. Well, mm-hmm. start small. Just start small with, this is what you've entrusted me to do. The setup as it is, doesn't, I can't do the thing you brought me here to do. Start with the contract. The contract here says preaching. It says right here, my first responsibility. Most of the time, it's the first responsibility in the contract is preaching. Okay, the way it's set up right now, <laughs> I can't serve you well (laughs) like speak speak their language I can't do the thing you brought me to do when I do this 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 and this yeah but I'm just telling you I want to do what you brought me here to do and the system isn't aligned that way so will you help me can we change the system yeah
0: Rob Bell thank you so much for being on the homeless
1: podcast oh my goodness you're a good man
0: this is so good
1: really fun really fun so good. Really inspiring i'm glad you're out there doing what you're doing well appreciate really it great. Appreciate really it. really
0: great So, uh, well, thank you. and i'll uh i'll let you uh let you get back to your evening appreciate beautiful. the time
1: beautiful i'm going for a bike ride with my daughter and some tacos that's do the
0: thing <laughs> do
1: the thing rob bell loves you some tacos there's no <laughs> doubt about that
0: so rob thank you again i appreciate it we'll see you later that's my man we'll bye. see you bye Thank you for listening to the Homeless podcast. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Rob Bell. I know that I did, and uh, it was it was so good for my soul to hear somebody begin to talk about um, changing the system up because that is such a hard, hard thing to get stuck in. You get stuck inside of a church, and and, and, it, and it's not it's not working right, and it's so overwhelming and it's so uh, depressing at times. Uh, and I know that's not the case for everybody, but some of us have some of us have seen that up close, and to, uh, to hear somebody talk about that is just so good. So, uh, I hope that you were encouraged. I hope you learned something in this. I hope you were entertained, and uh, stick around. We got some uh, we got some really great episodes coming up. So long.